everyone. Welcome to Fabulous. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Shannon Payne. We are rounding up the spookies. I'm I'm sad, but also I need to feel less haunted in my life. <laughs> so. Don't worry. We'll keep the we'll keep the favorite season vibes going. Oh, but, for sure. But we have got to let the ghosts be. We do need to let them lie. And we're going to end it. With a nice, I mean, a nice sending off, I think. This I think is the so. perfect way. I think this is the perfect way. When we do it again next year, we're not going to be able to do it as well. It's going to be hard to find one like this. Yeah, it is. It really this is. Real perfect. This one's real, real nice. Before we get into it, though, I have homework to report again. <sighs> okay, do the scary homework. So this one wasn't as scary. Oh, I'll good. <laughs> <laughs> so we were scoping out the situation because Brian needed to go to Midway, Utah, to go pick up a bike, which is fancy as hell. And he, like, it's nice. Um, But on the way, we were going to scope out the cemetery situation. And then on the way back, maybe try and do the spooky things. Mm -hmm. Turns out, you cannot do the spooky thing anymore at that cemetery. What happened? They put a metal covering over the window. So you can't see into the... So you can't see in to see the eyes of emo. Mausoleum? Yeah. Is that the word? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How rude. I mean, I... I can appreciate it because I'm sure there were so many people just being wildly disrespectful about it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it's not like like I get it. People mm-hmm. people don't cultivate the proper respect for things when they go like those people who are taking those dumb yoga pictures right at the memorial for the Holocaust. Yeah. That is actually really beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, you know what we should do? A weird yoga pose. Because of course. Which is incredibly hurtful That's to wildly... the people whose loved ones are there. Yes. So, so, so I, I get it. I get it. And I respect that. But one thing that I saw there that I had no idea about. So if you recall the story, the man who's buried there, he's he's buried in the Jewish section of the cemetery yeah and what i noticed as we were walking around is there were all of these stones on the headstones and i've seen people do it in movies yes where they bring a stone and set it on and i had no idea that that's actually kind of a tradition in the community oh i love which was interesting so i'm gonna read some stuff here for you guys because of course i had to look it up people will bring small stones and place them on jewish graves in an act of remembrance or respect for the deceased the practice is also a way of participating in the mitzvah of burial, and it's often put on the grave with the left hand. So it's actually supposed to be done with a specific hand. Okay. Why this is, there's a few possible reasons. Marking a grave with stones happened in big biblical times. So maybe this is kind of a, a continuation of that. It's also... Some places just didn't have headstones, so this was your way of marking stuff back in ancient times as well. It's Sure. It's kind of carrying that on. But one thing that I actually thought was interesting is the idea of people would used to leave little notes in a wall in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. That's what they would try and do. So this was maybe a way to be able to leave notes in a secure way. So they'd leave their little note on the headstone, put a rock, a rock on it, and then it would stay there. Oh, I love that. I love that, too. The last one that I actually think is really sweet. Uh, it just ha- happens that the word for pebble in Hebrew is, and I'm going to butcher it, and I'm really, really sorry, tror, and that means bond in Hebrew. Shut up. Isn't that sweet? That's the tenderest That's shit. That's the tenderest. I love it. I didn't, I didn't do it because I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't want to do any kind of disrespect. Right, right. Um, but it was just... It was really, really cool to see all of that. You knew it meant something. You knew it was important when you went there because it was just everywhere. That's beautiful. It really is beautiful. It was a beautiful day. I hiked through the cemetery hills in boots that I shouldn't have. And <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time. We also saw Lily's grave. Oh, Lily. Oh, Lily. <laughs> she is, she's got a nice spot in the cemetery. Oh, does she? She, she does. It's lovely. It's, it's got the a least nice he view. could do. He made her headstone into a prank. Right? <laughs> I think that's only fair. <laughs> wow. Well, R.I.P. Lily. Thanks yeah. for letting us stop by. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. It was fun. So this one, I didn't get spooked. I didn't get to get haunted. It is what it is, I guess. I like a cemetery. I mean, I like a park. Right. And a cemetery is always a nice looking park. It really is. So I think that they're a lovely place. I don't want to get buried because I don't want people to see my dead body. Yep. Uh, we have I, definitely talked about this. <laughs> and it's bad for the environment, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, but but if you like 
for a headstone or something, I think cemeteries are a lovely place to go and remember people. Absolutely. It's really lovely. It is. And usually pine needles. Lots and lots of pine needles. Yeah. I almost fell. Brian caught me. Oh, and he always does. He always does. What a handy guy. I tripped on my high-heeled boots on pine needles, and that's how I live my life. <laughs> it is so hard to be cute in a graveyard. It, I, I did not plan well. Just the work you go through. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's a perfect segue though. That's exactly what I was thinking. I love it. Oh my gosh. Today we're talking about celebrations to honor our dead. Yes. And you're going to talk about... Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. And I'm going to talk about Oban, which is a Japanese holiday, and Fetge Day, which is a a Haitian voodoo holiday. Ooh, yeah. that's exciting. They're very cool. I love lovely. it. Then one's a little a little spicy. I like a little spice. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm doing You're it first. You're starting first. <laughs> and I'm like, and go ahead. I'm looking at Liz like, let's go. <laughs> Gosh, she's taking a minute to start, isn't she? Oban or Bon. Um, is is like I was saying, the Japanese festival. So here we go. Perfect. Oban is the three-day Japanese festival that has been celebrated for more than 500 years. That's so long. I know. Originally, Oban was celebrated on the 15th day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar. But when Japan switched from the lunar calendar to the Gregorian calendar, Oban began to be celebrated at three different times, depending on like the region oh. in Japan where you live. Um, the three ones are... I practiced this. Let me see if I can do it again. <laughs> Shichigatsuban, Hichigatsuban, and Kyuban. Okay. Kyuban. It's K-Y-U, and I, I can't do it properly. It, you have to say both of the letters, but fast. Kyo. 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 I'm sorry. I tried really hard. <laughs> That's hard. When it's not your native language, it's really hard. Uh, it's such a cool holiday. I love it. <laughs> and I love three days. That's amazing. What a blast. I love this. <laughs> we need more three-day holidays in our lives. Yes. Uh, it's a combo Buddhist Confucian custom that started with the Chinese Ghost Festival, which in itself is a combo, a combo Buddhist Taoist festival. Mm -hmm. So um, the Buddhist legend goes like this. Maha Madgalayana. Maha is what I'm going to call him. Perfect. <laughs> was a disciple of Buddha who was um, he was a master of the magical faculties and he used his supernatural abilities to peek into the afterlife to check on his mama. Oh, and while he was looking, he saw that she was suffering in the realm of the hungry ghosts. Uh, which made him obviously upset. That is distressing. Mm -hmm. So when he asked how to save his mom, Buddha told him to make an offering to the monks who were just coming back from their summer retreat on the 15th day of the seventh month. Maha did, and his mama was released from the realm of the hungry ghosts. And um, as that was happening, Maha remembered how kind and selfless his mother had been and how happy she had made him. And he danced with joy. Oh, and so the That's holidays really sweet. based all around that. So now each year on the 15th day of the seventh month, kind of, sort of, depending on where you live. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, families get together and they clean the graves of their ancestors, visit their household altars and light an ogara, which is a small fire to guide their ancestors home. They make a cucumber horse and an eggplant cow. <laughs> I love this. With bamboo skewer legs and corn silk tails. This is adorable. <laughs> and they serve as vessels to bring their ancestors home for the festival and return them to their rest when the festival is over. The spirit horse speeds them home and then the horse cow takes them back slowly to the spirit world, carrying all of their gifts from their living family. That's really nice. And I'm just thinking about like your ghostly grandma going back on a slow cow with all of her sous from yeah. your party. I just love it I so love much. It. And some of the offerings that they leave um, in their uh, headstones are like a like a snack in a leaf. And a lady in an article I read, she's like, it's like a bento for your grandma to take Aww. home on her trip. <laughs> so she has something to eat on her way Everybody's back to the spirit world. on a trip. Yeah. It's really, really lovely. Yeah. Bonadori is the bond dance. And it's okay. a joyful dance to remember and appreciate the love and sacrifices of your ancestors. And that's the whole part. It's not just to be like, thanks for coming to visit, but like, thanks for all the things you gave up for me. Yeah. Thanks for, for 
your life that made my life possible, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a really beautiful sentiment. I do love that. Um, Many people wear yukatas during their dance, and the yukata is a lighter, more casual, kimono-like traditional garment Okay, that's made from cotton. So like your summer kimono. Ooh. And they're really, really lovely. And then uh, at the end of the third day, families send their loved ones off with fire. Which is really I cool. love that. <laughs> it's way cool. Um, in Kyoto, um, in a ritual called Diamanji or Okuribi, which means sending off fire, five giant bonfires are lit on the five different mountainsides surrounding the city. Wow. And families who have been, have like, they've inherited the responsibility for these bonfires yeah. are still the ones who do it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's a huge deal. They have to plan and manage this whole thing. It takes them a bunch of time. And at 8 p.m., they begin lighting the bonfires. <laughs> so at 8 o'clock, the first one is lit, Diamanji, and it's the kanji character for um, large or great. Okay. At 8.10, Myoho is the um, is lit and it's the character for wondrous dharma which is referring to like buddhist teachings mm-hmm. like lovely gospel you know okay so on a different they're all on these different mountainsides that's surrounding. amazing and then at 8 15 funaga funagata um which is the shape of a boat and um another hidari diamanji so um the same symbol mm-hmm. There's a boat on one and another Diamanji on the other one. Okay. Are lit at the same time. And then the last one, Torigata, is lit at 820 in the shape of a shrine gate. Oh. So they all are to symbolize um, like a this big voyage of leaving. Yeah. To celebrate that they're saying goodbye to the people who came to visit them so with the, the boat and the gate and, and these giant fires on the I, mountain. I love the what's the word I'm looking for it's both theatricality but also like a big bonfire just feels like a big fun (laughs) cozy get together at the same time yes it's intimate and large at the same time which is actually how I feel about fireworks too 100% and they have fireworks at the end of this also and um the other way that they send their loved ones off with fire is in um Toro Nagashi okay it's a ritual or custom it's the one that we've seen um, videos of on TV all the time um, mm-hmm. where families send floating lanterns and tiny boats full of gifts out on the water to guide their loved ones back to their rest. It's really beautiful. So when you see like a bunch of little lanterns floating down a river, they're sending their lost loved ones back to the spirit world Aww. after their visit with their little bentos and their gifts. <laughs> it's really, That's really wonderful. So wonderful. I love that. <laughs> and it's a... Uh, it's one of the biggest times for people to travel to Japan because they really like to see this festival. Yeah. Because the lanterns are so amazing. Oh, that would be incredible to be just there in it. Absolutely. So the plane tickets are going to be more expensive then. That makes sense. But oh my gosh, how beautiful. Wouldn't that be just so impactful and beautiful and All meaningful? All of us have loved ones who are gone now. Yeah. So it's not difficult to imagine how incredible it would be to imagine you know, your loved ones coming to be with you for three days. Yes. You could show them your cool stuff, tell them about your job, and then send them home. Yeah. It's really lovely. I like it well, a lot. I love this. <laughs> and just to be like, hey, we're doing all right. We're Thank- doing good. Thanks for all the things that you did. Look how cool it's going so far. Yeah. Like, I really like it. I do too. <laughs> this one turns it up uh, quite a notch. Oh. Now we're going to talk about um, Fet Gaudet. Okay. Which is intense. Is this the, the little bit of a... Uh, it's a little spicy. It's a little spicy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot spicy, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Figuratively and literally. Oh my God. The spices, it prevails. I love this. <laughs> I'm, I'm so on board. I'm so excited. It is cool. And I don't know about you, but I could even tell from the internet, like there just aren't as many articles about it. There's yeah. not as much stuff even like on Wikipedia uh-huh. to explain this holiday. So I had to get pretty um, creative into like searches for voodoo terms to sort out how this holiday works. Okay. And it is cool. I love this. Okay. On November 1st and 2nd, Catholic Haitians attend a mass dedicated to their beloved dead. Other faiths gather as they will, 
and voodoo practitioners celebrate Fetge Day, the Haitian festival of the dead. Yes. I think that they do smaller celebrations of this in like um, New Orleans and other like Haitian communities in the United States. So I imagine throughout the world, wherever there's like a strong voodoo population. I know there's a ton of people who practice voodoo in West Africa. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure if their holiday is exactly the same, but I'm assuming it's similar because they have the same belief system. That. That would make sense. Well, this is the one that's pretty, pretty specific to Haiti. Okay. And Haitians. Um, Fekaday comes from African ancestral traditions and voodoo practici- practitioners or um, voodoo waisan, I think is how you'd say it. Okay. Um, it kind of it makes me think of like a voodoo wizard. Yeah. Like a sorcerer. <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. That's amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they're, they're pretty mystical, magical yeah. people. Um, they fill cemeteries. Um, some are possessed by G'day to make devotions, perform rituals, and venerate their honored dead. Let me tell you about what G'day are really quick. Okay. They, they, some people say G'day. Some people say G'day. Um, some people are just saying it in French, so it sounds cool. Oh. Um, but it, and it's spelled several different ways also. Well, that's confusing. Right. But in general, G'day is is okay. Perfect. So far. So far. (laughs) As far as I know. Tell us And I listen to a lot of people say it. There we go. (laughs) Um, G'day is another word for the sacred dead. Okay. And there's kind of two versions of this. There's G'day as in like the G'day hierarchy, like um, like, like every other um, mythos. There's sort of a pantheon of people. Right. And then G'day as in... Like your own venerated loved ones that go through this process. Okay. So every voodoo waisan has their own g'day. It's either a close friend or a relative. The g'day is the reincarnation of a loved one who has come from the afterlife to live in the body of the voodoo waisan who called upon them. Not all ancestors are g'day. This one lady on TikTok was like, some of them are just nobody shmobodies and you just got to whatever. And she's oh. like, sorry I said it like that, but it's kind of true. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> they only become so after a ceremony is performed and they're transformed into a g'day, a human soul that is passed on into a loa. And some people, when they say loa, make it sound really cool also, but it's all just like um, an accent situation. Okay. So, um, but I also had other people tell me that it's, um, depends on your region. That so makes sense. they might be a loa in one place, but um, I can't even say it properly. <laughs> the same word, but fancier in another place. Mm-hmm. Neither is incorrect. It's just regional. Okay. Once they're a loa, they can be summoned by the voodoo I saw at will. Oh, so they can get kind of like possessed by their g'day and they can speak out of their mouth, which is really cool, right? That's wild. The festival begins with the world's spiciest parade. Yes. Yes. And I know you're thinking, oh, carnival spicy. This is this is dirty spicy and not dirty as in ew that's gross dirty as in like oh you know like Uh christina aguilera dirty it is it is so incredibly sensual and not in a can can your kids could see it and there's boobies but you'll be fine way (laughs) but in a like this is sexual kind of way it's amazing in i love this (laughs) here we go um the voodoo is on dress in black white and purple they cover their faces in white powder wear black sunglasses carry walking sticks and a bottle of booze infused with hot peppers of course like rum infused with ghost peppers oh my god (laughs) like it already hurt it already (laughs) makes me hurt (laughs) they're not tmi but they're they're for sure not going to the bathroom normally for weeks after this right that has to be the case they are straight ruined for sure but also, I have questions about whether anyone actually can consume it, because this is what happens. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, G'day love hot peppers. Okay. So, as the voodoo is on parade through the streets, they pour the pepper-infused booze over their bodies, particularly the spicy parts. 
Ow, 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 ow. Like ow, there, ow, there's ow. imagery of people like just holding their pants open or women with no pants on and just like almost like they're splashing aftershave. Like oh. it's got to burn. I really hope they're not using it as aftershave because that's really going to be a shitty situation. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's intense. <sighs> ow. <laughs> they're making quote amorous gestures. Uh huh. Delighting uh-huh. the onlookers. Ooh. <laughs> they sexy dance all swivelly hips and boozy erotic soul mm. all the way to the cemetery. Okay. There, the first man and woman grant them permission to enter. Baron Samdi and Maman Brigitte. Baron Samdi is the ruler of the gra- graveyard and Loa of the dead and fertility. And he has a couple of other aspects, including Papa Gade and Baron Lacroix. Or sorry, that's how you say the drink, Lacroix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is not the Baron of Seltzers. Um, he is the Baron of the Cross. Okay. Uh, two different things. Uh, kind of. My bad, sir. <laughs> He's a really cool dude, and he's famous for making crass jokes, so he might think that was funny, he might not. I'm not sure. (laughs) He's a psychopomp. Do you remember what a psychopomp is? It's a a person, an entity who guides souls. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. And they can be all kinds of different things, but most cultures have them. Mm -hmm. Someone who doesn't pass judgment or determine where you go, they just take you there. Yeah. Uh, So he um, wears a top hat. A coat with tails, sunglasses with only one lens because he can see into both worlds. Oh. And is almost always smoking a cigar. He curses, makes crude jokes, and chases after mortal women. And he stands at the crossroads between life and death and greets the newly dead to lead them to the underworld. Oh. Some of his different aspects do kind of different things. So as Papa Gaday, he... Um, is supposed to be the person who won't take anyone before their time. Yeah. And if he refuses to dig your grave, you can't die. Well, that makes sense. So he digs your grave, you get in, he takes your soul. Okay. Right? So if if like a a child or someone shows up and he's like, no, thank you, it's not your time, they have mm-hmm. to go back because he won't let them in. Oh. So a lot of people when they have um, sick or ailing loved ones will pray to Papa Gaday to send their people back. Okay. So that their souls don't go to the underworld and leave them. Which is really cool. Yeah. And then Maman Brigitte is his lady friend, his <laughs> wife, his consort. Um, she's the Loa of death, cemeteries, healing, justice, vengeance, and the protector of crosses and gravestones. That's nice. She loves to drink rum infused with hot peppers. Of course. And says lots of bad words. Nice. Now, here is a little bit of a controversial part that I don't want to talk out of my ass about. But a lot of the things that I read said that Maman Brigitte is often represented by um, a white woman. Okay. Or even a person of mixed race. Mm -hmm. And um, I I read some people saying that that's just what happens when, and we talked about it a little bit when we were doing our fall festivals. Yeah. When Christians come and they want to change your myths into their own myths. Right. And there's like a Saint Bridget. And so they're like, it's actually her. Ah. And mm -hmm. maybe that's why she looks lighter skinned, but also maybe she just was a person with lighter skin. Okay. Um, And I wasn't able to definitively find the answer for that. I could see that being tough. Yeah. She's often depicted like a biracial person. Okay. Like I'm in the middle. Yeah. They have their faces painted with that white powder. Uh-huh. So it's all, it's kind of difficult to tell. But um, the other Loa are obviously black. Yeah. They're obviously people of color. So I'm not positive about Maman Brigitte. Hard either, to say. Either way, uh, she's the only one keeping Baron Samdi in line. So we got to take care of her. Yeah. (laughs) That man is out of control. (laughs) Absolutely. Sometimes people say he's short. Sometimes people say he's tall. Either way, he is a sexual man. Absolutely. Who has a big cigar hanging out of his mouth Mm -hmm. and is always sassy. This is At the same time can be incredibly charitable and save the people you love from dying. Right. Or just like... The person that you see at the crossroads at your death who yeah. is either he's it's neither the most comforting sight or a hellish sight. It's just like this is the guy who meets you when you die. Yeah. And I think that there's something wonderfully comforting that it's just like yeah. a, a dirty old man. 
You I know? think that works. <laughs> I think that makes sense. And it's cool. They, a lot of people call Maman Brigitte Grand Brigitte. Okay. Um, and so they, you can picture them like his old grandparents. Oh. And that's how they're depicted a lot of the time. And I just think that there's it's just something really wonderful about like the the cemetery or the graveyard where your loved ones rest being guarded by these parents. Yeah. Who know what's going on. They get it. <laughs> they they have understand. Their shit together. They're gonna take care of it. Absolutely. I just and they're gonna. Be a little lighthearted about it. Yeah. They they know about the good stuff in life. Exactly. Like, I'm just into this way I'm of dying. I'm so for this. <laughs> it's very nice. Yes. Okay. So Baron, Baron Samdi and Maman Brigitte go in first. And then they're followed by kind of like their co- their cohorts of G'day. Okay. Um, so Baron Criminal is the enforcer of the G'day. And um, he was the first person to kill someone else. Probably the next person I'll tell you about, Nebo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the master of the murderers and violent criminals. Oh. He has horses or um, possessed devotees. Yeah. So people who are his horses um, who are very hungry. They're always like insatiable and they attack you if you don't offer them food. Scary. And they're so hungry, they'll take a bite out of you if you don't give them a sandwich. You know, okay. have a sandwich on you at all times. <laughs> they're very hungry. Oh, my goodness. Give them some of that pepper rum. Yes. <laughs> Be careful where you put it. <laughs> very careful. <laughs> Not in a bite. No. Okay. G'day Nebo is the intermediary between the living and the dead. And he is also um, a psychopomp, kind of a guide of spirits. Okay. And he is the per- first person to die by violence, which is why mm. they think that... Uh, Baron Criminal killed him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's the guardian of those who died too soon or whose final resting place is unknown. So if you've lost someone in war or in a natural disaster, which the Haitians are far too familiar with. Right. um, He's the person that you want to talk to. Well, that's that's nice. He has um, chevals also, horses who are his possessed devotees, um, who can speak for the dead spirits whose bodies have not been found or reclaimed. Okay. To help you know where they are. Oh. Which is really cool. That's really nice. Then there's Gede Loray. I don't know a lot about that person. The brave Gade, who is the guardian of the grave, the guardian of the graveyard, and keeps the dead souls in and the living souls out. Oh, and then Gade's and Rinyin, and I'll tell you about him when I find out. Maybe I'll make a TikTok about it. Oh, that'll be exciting. Um, I'm sure there are books about it, and mm-hmm. I sh- I could probably um borrow or purchase um to learn more about voodoo but yeah. the internet is keeping secrets from me at this point that's just rude and maybe i just haven't said those words enough around my echo for it to adjust my search engine. after this episode <laughs> you're set yeah so soon i'm gonna know a lot more about this yes but right now the internet thinks that i only want to find um a midi skirt with a slit yeah because i would like to get one of those for my next vacation so well yeah that's all that's <laughs> popping up right Aww. now <laughs> So once they all get into the cemetery, the cemetery, the voodoo I saw, and it's so funny. I read this thing talking about how many people in um, Haiti are actually um, voodoo practitioners. Yeah. And it said that the country is 80% Catholic and 100%, 110% voodoo. Nice. And I was like, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. It's difficult to get a number on it because a lot of people who practice voodoo are also um, aligned with some sort of Christianity. Right. Because as we've discussed many times before, those Christians can get mystical as hell. 100%. So, um it, even though it's a closed practice, it's also like an adjunct practice. You mm-hmm. can just add it to the other things you love and believe, right. which is very cool. I like it. Um, but there are there are a lot of people practicing voodoo throughout the world. And so we they, we should know more about them. We definitely should. Unless they don't want us to. And then I guess that's fine. Yeah. We, we should definitely not be the voices for it. No. It is a primarily um, black or people of color are the ones who mm-hmm. practice voodoo and um, it definitely if, belongs to them. We don't need to take any absolutely. more of their shit. If they want to keep that to themselves, that's absolutely their right. I saw, just as a warning, <laughs> this should be very obvious, but as I was looking at videos to see people celebrating, I saw some people who were dressed up um, as... Baron Samdi and Mama Brigitte, who were uh, white people. Be careful with that one. Uh, just don't. Just don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That one's not for you. That one, you don't get to do that. That's not allowed. I don't. 
I don't really think I should have to say that. You know that. You guys know this. Use your brains for two seconds. It's not for you. No. Um, but go ahead and be respectful of it. Go ahead and watch watch a naked dance. Yeah. Join in. That sounds fun as that hell. That sounds great. Um, and then, so what is it? They get to the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Voodoo is on sing and dance to honor Patrick Swayze and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pour coffee and grilled corn on their graves. And this is my most favorite part. They just hang out and talk. That's really nice. They talk to their loved ones and their close friends who are buried there. That's really, really nice. And because they're so close with their good day or they are, um, they may even be like channeling or currently communicating with their good day. That might be the person that they would have gone to visit. Right. Yeah. So their closeness with the people that they love is a truly tangible thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're, they're drunk as hell. Yeah. They're having a great time. It's a party. And I mean, it's just three days of just loving the people you love, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is really, really cool. I mean, whenever anybody talks about, well, why do we have religion or anything? I think it's because people die. That's that's it. That's and, and we want to know, like, can we still have them? Do we get them back? And in, in these in these belief systems, they can be with us again. Yeah. We can still have them. And I think that that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I do, too. And I love that we do it in so many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure, um, you know, that there are very prim and modest cultural ways to remember your dead and then there are spooky crazy ways and then there are sexual intense ways that just evoke very powerful feelings and emotions right about being hungry and and horny And, and you know just like the basis things of yourself yes like the humanity of that's, it that's getting right into it the grittiness yeah it's really that's what really life beautiful is. Yeah. yeah and then gosh it's also it's also wonderful to send to guide your family home with a fire in your yard and then to send them away with a boat full of presents with another snacks. fire and <laughs> snacks it's just really lovely i to, love this to bring your people back to you for a little while and then to let go again mm-hmm. and send them back where they belong and then keep going with your life here and and hopefully continue to honor them and have gratitude for the life that they helped you have. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so Fekka Day happens on like All Souls Day and so the first and second of November. Mm-hmm. But the other one, Oban, happens usually like in the summertime. It's before the harvest moon festivals yeah so it's more of like the family reunion type kind of festival i like that um but they're both so wonderful i love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) okay everybody go get a kleenex say hey to your grandma meet you back here all right so we all know that i'm going to be talking about day of the dead Which is so beautiful. It's just a beautiful, happy, wonderful. It's just a celebration. Marigolds. Oh, so many marigolds. Stop it. I love it so much. And I do want to start this off with a quote because I think this encompasses kind of the whole idea of what Day of the Dead is supposed to be. Okay. Our dead are never dead to us until we have forgotten them. Is that from Coco? It's... I I think it's from like a lot of different things. But they say I it think in they there? say that in Coco. <sighs> well, I mean that just might be what your grandma says to you on Day of the Dead. It like might it's just be a it. common saying. Yeah. That's really lovely. So I'm actually gonna also start this off with a quote from Day of the Dead dot holiday. Nice. There is so much good information there's about Day dot of the Dead. Holiday. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know there's we, a dot holiday? That we own fabulous dot pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically Brian does. Brian does, but our stuff's on there, so go visit it. <laughs> Is there something on there? It links to our. Uh, <laughs> it links to something of ours, so go see it. <laughs> Should we sell our merch at Fabulous Pizza? I think Let we might need know. to. We're working on some cool merch for you. It's, we're getting there. <laughs> Get excited. Oh, so this quote just really goes into why I think it's important for us to talk about these things and to learn about these things. And they just say it in a really good way. They say there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to celebrate the Day of the Dead in the U.S. or anywhere else. 
Most Mexicans enjoy the fact that you are interested in their culture and want to get to know their traditions. If you choose to celebrate Day of the Dead, make sure you understand the event and its traditional practices before partaking in the festivities. Good rule of thumb for other people's for shit. so many things. Yeah. Because we talk about how much we take things over or, I mean. Do a quick Google. Don't be an asshole. Exactly. Make sure I you're like being it. respectful of something that maybe wasn't yours to begin with. I was nervous about wearing the ponchos we bought in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seth was like, but they they sold us ponchos because they wanted to like to share with us and also yeah. to earn our money. And I was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you That's say true. it like that, that it doesn't sense. sound like I'm being an asshole. It sounds like I'm wearing the thing I bought. But it did feel a little weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, yeah. That was me. That I felt that. So today, that is what we're going to do is we are going to get ourselves familiar with the celebration, why it started, what the different parts of it mean, so that all of us across the world can celebrate with more cultural understanding and respect for an event that is beautiful and meaningful and just incredibly joyful. Love it. I love it so much. So Dia de los Muertos, or the Day of the Dead, is actually celebrated through two days, and it's the same as the last one you talked about. It's November 1st and 2nd. So it's actually broken up into three different sections, two days, three sections. The first one occurs at midnight on November 1st, and it's called, and I'm going to butcher these, and I'm really, really sorry, Dia de los Angelitos. Is it the the midnight, like... That goes from 31st into 1st? Exactly. Okay. Yes. So translated, that means Day of the Little Angels. And this is to honor and remember the spirits of the children who have passed away. They need their own day. They need their own day. Their parents need those kids to have their own day. Mm -hmm. Their siblings. That's beautiful. I love that they separated that out and gave gave a full day of just remembering those who passed Maybe too soon to some people, or maybe in some cultures it's viewed as that was their time. But it's just really early. It's just really early. You know, everybody's grandma's died at some point, right? So we Mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. But I imagine if your your child died, that sometimes you might feel like everyone forgot but you. Right. And it's nice for everyone to remember. Remember with you. I like that. I think that's really, really beautiful. So these children are reunited with their families for 24 hours to celebrate and just enjoy their favorite things, their toys, their treats, (laughs) all of the good things. Perfect. It's beautiful. Next one occurs at midnight on November 2nd. So midnight going from the first into the second. And this one is called Dia de los Difuntos. And I'm probably butchering all of this and I'm really sorry. So this one is the day to celebrate with our adults. Okay, this is the tequila one. This is the tequila. Nice. (laughs) The celebrations take on a more adult thing. Again, think booze, think games, think music, think dancing. Just think all of the fun party vibes that your heart could desire. When your aunts and uncles start acting inappropriately at the family party. Uh Yes, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And then starting at noon, it is official Dia de los Muertos. This is the big celebration where all of the spirits are come have come back. They're all being celebrated. It's big parades. It's big public celebrations. It's the part of the holiday that I think we all just really think of. It's the iconic is image that of opening it. scene from that one James Bond. <laughs> I'm actually going to talk about that. Oh my gosh, good because it's so amazing. <laughs> I'm going to talk about. I'm going to kind of touch on it, so I, you can tell me. And, and y'all didn't know which movie. I can't ever remember which one it is. I know which one it is. Is it the one in the desert with the water? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Sun. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because that one's like South American. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, preparation for all of these events begins well before November 1st. And a lot of care is taken to prepare items that will be used throughout the celebration and the offerings that will be given to loved ones gone away. We're going to really get into the celebration aspect here in a second. But what I really want to get into first is maybe how it started. And there's a lot of question marks into how this truly started versus didn't start. But I've kind of put some things together. And this is the story that a lot of people buy into. I like it. Okay. So the history of honoring and celebrating the dead in Mexico goes pretty far back. Think Aztec times. Mm-hmm. Aztec people celebrated their dead without really any indicated day. It happened pretty frequently throughout the year. And they actually housed the skulls of their dead loved ones in places that held a great deal of meaning to honor them and remember them, which is really nice and beautiful, kind of creepy to me. Please don't do that, Brian. But 
in the concept of it, I do have like a photograph. That's what you so have they left. Can look at your face. Exactly. That's what. That's what they have left. If you think of it that way, it's it's not kind morbid. of morbid. It's lovely. It's delightful. I mean. I don't want to talk. I hope that somebody else got it to the school place before they gave it back. Yeah. I wouldn't want to have to handle that work for my loved one. No. But I, I can see. I can I can see how that would make sense. Sans Polaroid camera. What do you do to what remember else your loved one? do you do, one? right? Yeah. Exactly. Aztec society also held the belief that how you died determines the afterlife that you would end up in. Okay. One particular place. I'm going to butcher this. Mictlan is where the souls of those who died of natural causes would go. It is watched over by the goddess. Oh, my goodness. I listened to it. This is so hard. Miktek Sihutal. Good guess. You guys can tell me I butchered it. I've listened to it. My mouth just doesn't make that word. It just doesn't work. I was listening to a book today. It was free on Audible, so it wasn't that good. And it was a little trashy. And mm. the guy she's dating is Italian, has an Italian last name. Oh. And she's like, you know, I can't say it properly. And he's like, well, if you'd let me touch your tongue while you say it, I could show you how. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Interesting. I haven't heard that line before. That's different. <laughs> and I have read many of these books. <laughs> That's a new way to say it. I'm... You just need a snappy Mexican man to hold your tongue while That's you say it. That's all you need. It'll work That's out just fine. <laughs> we'll see if I can figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> anyway, she is the lady of the dead and swallower of stars, so we can't see them during the day. Wow, that's a big job. She has a huge job. And a big... And, uh, it sounded like you said big job. I mean, we laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> it is a big job. <laughs> so I was talking to my dad about having some short form content, and uh-huh. I thought it would be funny to talk about all the romance novels I read in, in a little bitty bonus episode. <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> you want to hear more of this trash talk? You just let me know. Should we call it trash talk? Oh my God, yes, we should. <laughs> and it's not about being mean to people, it's just about naughty books. <laughs> so for this, it's ridiculous. Okay, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it too. I'm I'm so in. I'm on board. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So those who die have to make the long journey to reach her, and loved ones would make offerings at the deceased person's grave so that they would have just useful things with them on this journey. Kind Makes of sense. similar to before. I'm going on a what do they call it? I'm going on a cart across the plains and I'm bringing a book. And then you have to be like, I'm going on a cart across the plains. I'm bringing a book and an, uh, I don't know what else you bring. A water bottle. A water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> they play that game. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Some celebrations even included decorating stumps to place these offerings onto. And that's similar to the ofrenda that we're going to be talking about here in just a minute. We're going to get real into that. Mm-hmm. Jump forward in time to the 16th century when Spain came to claim and conquer the lands of the Aztec nation. Boo. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's what happened. As often happens when one nation stakes claim over another, Spain decided that they needed to get their influence in on this as well. So they decided they were going to blend Aztec practices that had observed and honored dead loved ones in a more Catholic appropriate manner. So they brought Catholic ideals into this as well. Sure. That's yes. <laughs> yes. I am tired of that story. I'm that, unfortunately it's a tale it's as old as time. <laughs> it's everywhere, mm-hmm. which just sucks. They merged celebrations and moved it from summer to fall to coincide with All Saints Day or All Souls Day. On November 1st and 2nd, over the centuries, Mexico and other countries have continued to add to the celebration and make it into a holiday that is vibrant and just really, really unique. Mm -hmm. It's really, really fun. So, Day of the Dead, the big, big thing of it, and if you've watched Coco, we all know this, is the ofrenda. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to take a deep dive here on the ofrenda and what different components are in it, what they mean, what they're supposed to symbolize. Because there's so much to it. So often an explosion of color, including purple and orange, which are the official colors of the holiday. Mm. Each family builds an altar in their homes, sometimes in workplaces, sometimes in cemeteries, as we'll talk about later. And they use items to adorn the table that have a certain kind of significance to them. Variants can occur based on traditions of the person's family or locality. But I'm going to talk about some items that are considered pretty essential across the board here. Another Day of the Dead. 
dot holiday quote here because I think this is really, really good to know. And I actually didn't know this. The traditional ofrenda is divided into various levels to represent the various stages of life and death. There can be two levels representing heaven and earth, three levels representing heaven, earth, and the underworld, or seven levels representing the seven stages souls have to cross to reach eternal rest. Oh, wow. It's really, it's really cool. So they can be different. It's varied across all sorts of different places. And how you set all of these things up is obviously going to be different depending on where you're at. And I think it, it talks about how you can celebrate this holiday appropriately at all the different phases of your life. Right. So if you're a busy mom with little kids, then you just have two levels. Right. You know, but like at different points in your life, you have time and space for different things. Exactly. And it's not disrespectful. It's just a different way. It's just a different way of doing it. I like that. I think it's really great. Okay. First big thing, a picture of the family member being remembered needs to be included in your ofrenda. Makes sense. Makes sense. This is going to be placed prominently too. It's going to be in the top center of the ofrenda. And it's often because there's this Catholic influence, it's often put along with pictures of saints. When saints are included, they are used as a reminder of something bigger, guiding the loved ones from life on earth to a life beyond. Oh, that's interesting. The, what do I call them? Psychopomps? Yes. That's, that's cool. kind of what this is supposed to be. It's lovely. Next thing that is often there is water. Even the dead are thirsty and this offer... This offering serves to quench that thirst and invigorate them for their travels. Water's also a symbol of the purity of the soul. Oh, you know, um, in Oban, they talk about how um, in Japanese culture, originally people came from the water. Oh, yeah. So to send them back to, to their rest via the water, water yes. makes sense. It so. makes perfect sense. That it's kind of interesting, cool. those parallels that yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Next is bread, and there's traditionally a bread made called pan de muerto, or bread of the dead. Ooh. it's Anything that starts with pan, I'm eating. I will take that. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. It's a small, round loaf of bread that's decorated with various quills, sometimes in like a bone shape, and it's finished off by sprinkling sugar on the top. Oh, that, yep. I'm in. I'm so on board with it. Finish it all off It like just that, sounds so good. Fruit is also often incorporated, and it's typically whichever was the honoree's favorite or what happens to be in season, but it's meant to be a nice little treat and just adds a little bit of color to the whole ensemble, which leads us to other food. Really just load the table with whatever your loved one really liked. For kids, it might be their favorite treat. For adults, it might be a nice tequila. For me, it would be mashed potatoes in an old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> the idea here is to just help encourage this person to come back to visit and helping you remember them just all the better, mm -hmm. which is just really nice. Well, I can't think of anything that would bring back the memories more than to make the thing that they liked and have your house smell like that thing that they made with you, you know? I, I have some recipes from my grandma, and when I make them, I very much think of her. Every single time I make them. I and she that. was so much fun to be in the kitchen with. She was such a good cook. She was amazing. So every time I make those, I think of her. I love that. I do too. So this part That's really beautiful. spoke to me. Mm -hmm. It spoke to my soul. Next is salt. In most of the representations that I've seen, it's laid out in the formation of a cross. And that can vary in size. But the idea is that salt helps to preserve the body of the loved ones as they make their long journey into the new afterlife that awaits them. Okay, I want to get there with all my pieces. Absolutely, so. that's kind of important. Makes sense. I feel like that's a big thing. Candles are next, and there's two different kinds. So there are Sirios. This is a paraffin candle that to many would look quite plain. It's not decorated in any way. And this is on purpose. This is for a reason. It's supposed to symbolize the soul being alone. It is placed on the top of a cross that is used to symbolize the four cardinal directions. Okay. The next one is a Velas. This candle is in a glass container that has the image of a saint on it. The candle symbolizes a light that is guiding the soul of the loved one to their next home. Oh. Yeah. That's sweet. Isn't that really nice? <laughs> the next one is marigolds, which I think we all just... That is Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Marigolds are Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. That's the official flower. That's the that's the place it belongs. Uh, those are the colors I think of. Not, not like straight up... Um, like orange and purple, but marigold and fuchsia. Yes. That's what I think of. 100%. <laughs> so much that. Mm -hmm. 
A part of the ofrenda, it's also a crucial part of the Day of the Dead celebrations as a whole, and Mexican miracles are also called Flor de Muerta, or Flower of the Dead. Beautiful. They are laid as brightly colored, great-smelling pathways to guide the spirits of their loved ones to the ofrenda and to, on their path beyond. They are also used to illustrate how both beautiful and fragile life is. There are about 40 different varieties available, and it is said that you can use either fresh or dried options, whichever your heart so desires. Wow. Marigolds are such an auspicious flower. They are. Um, Mrs. Lee taught me that if you plant marigolds, it will bring you abundance. Oh. It makes you money. My mom always taught me if you plant marigolds around your tomatoes, it'll keep the bugs off your tomatoes and give you um, a prettier tomato crop. Well, that's what I need to start doing. Yeah. Like marigolds are supposed to be... They bring you good things. I love this. I need, I'm and planting then, marigolds. And now they also celebrate your loved ones who are gone. I and love it. Guide them in. Next one are sugar skulls. And this really brings us back to that Aztec origin of the celebration. Yeah. The sugar skull is used to represent a myriad of concepts. One, it's a symbol of the god of death. And then Catholic influence comes back in, of course, with the idea that this also symbolizes the victory of the Trinity. Either way, these skulls are often marked with the name of the deceased loved one, and they're placed pretty prominently as well. Salty Cocina, which, who's a lovely Mexican mom on TikTok, um, makes different Mexican dishes. And she made um, sugar skulls <gasps> last year, like showed you how to make them Ooh. out of sugar and how to shape them and stuff. That's really cool. It was really neat. That's really neat. I want to do that. I talk about it a little bit later, and I'm like, <clears throat> I want to do this. She's such a cool lady. That's amazing. We've mentioned the cross before, but still good to call out the cross can be made of anything really wood, salt, like we said before, marigolds. But really, it's here to symbolize the forgiveness of any sins that might have needed addressing when a loved one has died. Kapal. This is pretty cool. This is a resin that's used as incense and it smells lovely. Mm. And according to ExploreSonora.com, it has two distinct meanings. The first is to purify the place of evil spirits where the altar is located. And the other is a connection with the sky. It is believed that as the aromatic smoke of the corporal rises, it makes a connection with the dead. Oh, I like it. It's really nice. Combine that with the marigolds and good food. And really, the nose is going to be what guides family home in the end. <gasps> I love that Wait. so much. Yeah. It's like that cartoon dog who mm -hmm. would smell f or uh, what's his from Rescue Rangers? Yeah. Monterey Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I love it. All of our grandpas just following their noses following home. Following their noses home. <laughs> it's really sweet. I love it. Okay, papel picado. Intricately beautiful papel picado decorations are cut from tissue paper of various colors. The designs cut into the paper is often on theme with the holiday itself. Think skulls, think dancing skeletons. They're strung together and hung around the ofrenda. Some communities also include paper chains and stars to help guide the travels of their loved ones. Oh, wow. That's really nice. White people are so boring. I know. We need this kind of stuff. Our traditions stink. We, we, could, we could do better. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there, there's two more things that I'm going to talk about here. One is the Tarpet de Arena. Again, I'm butchering these and I'm sorry. Which translates to Rug of, sta rug of Sand. It's a decoration created in front of the ofrenda using all sorts of items, such as, of course, sand, flowers, corn, beans, you name it. The more variety you use, the more color the finished product is going to have. And it's just, I saw some of them and they're just really pretty, colorful designs. And they're like um, flat on the tabletop or ground? Flat or on the ground in front of it. How pretty. Yeah. It's really, really nice. And then right in front of that, you're going to place your patate. This is a woven rug that is placed in front of the ofrenda as well. And this is a place for the living to pray and reflect and just really focus on that person that the ofrenda was built for. That's really sweet. It's really nice. So the ofrenda is really beautiful. There's so much symbolism in it. There's so much meaning and there's so much involved in it. Yeah. Just a lot of a lot of care, a lot of joy, a lot of remembering good things. And so many opportunities while you're setting it up to tell the younger people about the person who's gone. Mm -hmm. Like just, I just imagine that's where people tell a lot of stories. You probably hear so many fun things about this is what grandma did when she was little, or this mm -hmm. is what, this is what your great grandpa did. We're making this because it was their favorite and we always had it at this thing. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. I think that's really beautiful. 
I'm going to talk about a few other things that are included in just all of the celebration and the activities. One activity that is also really common is visiting the cemetery, and this ties in really closely with the tradition surrounding the ofrenda. It's a chance to visit family lost, celebrate their lives, and pay respect. Family will go to the graves of their loved ones, clean them up, kind of like the one of the ones that you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then they decorate them in a similar fashion to the ofrenda, and sometimes an ofrenda is put here as well. Decorations of candles, marigolds adorn the gravesite. Children are visited on the first night and toys are often placed on their grave. Adults are visited the second night and cherished possessions, favorite foods, you name it, really are all brought to the cemetery. And it's really just a time for everybody to come together, be together and reflect. So prayers are often recited either to help guide the family members back or just prayers for general well-being of their family members. Candlelit processions often happen, and there's one town that they have, like, this lake in the cemetery, so they'll ride in on boats, on oh candlelit boats, and just sit out on the water they and reflect on that. They do for their loved... Oh, that's so nice. Isn't that nice? That's really beautiful. This one I, I like, and it's interesting... That it feels creepy at the same time, but I like it. Family meals at the cemetery just while telling stories about the family member. Why we have such a creepy vibe about cemeteries here kind of makes me sad because I think that's actually a really nice, lovely idea. That is. You're sitting and having dinner with your whole family. That's really lovely. I love it. And then party. (laughs) Yes. Of course, we're going to party in the cemetery and we're going to dance. There's going to be mariachi bands lining the streets. (laughs) There's going to be everything. They'll take requests for favorite songs and family members. But be sure you're bringing money with you because they don't do that for free. (laughs) (laughs) And this just goes on all night. Oh, my gosh. So you sit down. You have a good meal. Nobody's sleeping afterwards. (laughs) You are partying. You are going. You're just... It's so good. That's beautiful. I love how happy it is. Mm-hmm. Oil cloths are another big thing. So for some, these adorn the ofrendas. For some, it's just used for general Day of the Dead decoration. But the oil cloth is another key celebration piece. They're generally made in various pastel colors and may have images on them of all things Day of the Dead. They have even more important significance as well. They're a nod to Frida Kahlo. Did I say that right? Yeah. Frida Kahlo. Frida. I love her, but I always like say her name and then I'm like, did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> and she deserves her own episode, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because she would wear them to honor the Tahuna woman who exhibited incredible strength and character during, during times of both joy and hardship. Yes. It's really nice. I love the addition of that. Day of the Dead Parade. This is where Bond comes in. Yes. <laughs> The origins of this tradition in Mexico City are actually very recent. Really? Very recent. There really wasn't an official parade established, so when the movie Spectre came out, (laughs) James Bond kind of lied to us. There wasn't a parade like that. That wasn't happening. The huge Day of the Dead parade in that movie was actually conceptualized by the writers, not based off of real events. (laughs) That must have been so expensive. But of course, after the movie came out, tourism kicked up around, like, around the area during the time of the holiday. So Mexico City decided, hey, this might be a good idea and sure. carried on the tradition. Some <laughs> people are like, this that? really sucks because we're now commercializing this. But that's where it came from. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond. The cool thing about that shot is it's all one continuous shot. Yeah. So that whole first scene is like one camera you moving. Just go. That's insane. It's when wild. you sit and watch it, like how long it goes on, it's mind blowing. It truly is. It's wild. Okay. Because I'm hungry and because this always talks about like this festival is about food a lot as well. Mm-hmm. What do you make for your Day of the Dead celebrations? Let's hear it. Let me tell you sugar skulls because the skull is everything. Mm hmm. Not just for decorations, these are also made to be eaten. The base is made out of eggs, powdered sugar, lemon juice, and then just some extracts. Mm -hmm. This mixture is then poured into a clay skull-shaped mold. They take about a day to completely dry, and then they're ready to decorate with all of the colorful icing your heart could ever desire. (laughs) I love it. These can also be made out of a chocolate mixture, too, so it can kind of go in a variety of directions. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one sounds really good. Mole Negro. A chocolate and pepper sauce that you can just put on all of the food, but mostly chicken. Um, It's a lot of ingredients. And I tried looking up how to make it because I was like, I kind of want to make it. I'm not going to make it. It looks really tough. And mole is very much like 
Oh, my mom's mole is better than your mom's for mole. For sure, for sure. Like, I'm sure there's so many different beautiful ways to make it. There, yes. And it tastes like it takes a long ass time. It sure does. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so if someone wants to make that for me, <laughs> I'm for this. And what I'll make for you is the next item, tortilla soup. Oh, I love tortilla I soup. I love tortilla soup. <laughs> yes, please to that. Um, also chalupas. And I'm going to say if we want to celebrate, we can even count Taco Bell if it comes down to it. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> we've got caramel flan. We've got tamales. We've got red pizzole. This one I want to try. And I think we need to figure out how to do this. Calabaza and taca. And this is candied pieces of pumpkin. I've never had mm, that. That sounds delightful. They're boiled in a mixture that's primarily sugar, but it's got the added flavor from cinnamon and sugar. Ooh. It sounds so good. It sounds way good. Right? So I kind of, I'm going to try and figure out how to make this. I don't know if I've ever tried any like real candied fruit before. I don't think I have either. Like those pretty candied lemon things or anything yeah. like that. I'd love to try. So I am I might try. We'll see what happens. If I do, I'll bring you some. Thank you. And then, of course, none of this would be complete without a nice alcoholic beverage. Absolutely. <laughs> so, polke might be the new thing we need to try. It's also called Nectar of the Gods. Oh, that sounds So I'm already great. in. It's made using the fermented sap of the magui plant, and it's considered to be fairly adjacent to tequila. Okay. So an agave-like thing? Yes. Okay. Pretty similar. Okay, so we've got food down. We're going to get into something that I think all of us can really, uh, really under like get into here. Calaverita. And before we get into the actual activity, I'm going to clarify the term calaveras. It means skull and is obviously the big thing of Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. We talked about sugar skulls a little bit already. Important to note because those were given to loved ones with their name written on it. But the skull theme is also represented in skull masks that are worn. Which takes us to Calaverita. Okay. For those of us who celebrate Halloween, this is super familiar. In some regions, children dress up in costumes and go door to door asking for Calaverita. Sometimes a treat, sometimes a little gift, sometimes a little money. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Right? The thing about this is leaving your house doesn't get you out of this. Be prepared to hand out a little something wherever you are because kids can even just ask people walking the streets. <laughs> delightful <laughs> it's just nice. little pests <laughs> please give give me something i want something <laughs> and never fear there is no trick to be handed out if you don't have anything to give but then you're just oh, nice. a little lame so <laughs> take that as you will okay this one is going to be kind of the final concept that we're going to talk about and i think it's really fun <laughs> calaveras literarias I'm sorry, I'm so bad at languages. So this activity makes my spooky fall literature-loving heart swoon. <laughs> it means literary skulls, which is just wonderful. Oh, my favorite kind, I, I think. I love it so yeah. much. And it's typically comedic poems written about family, friends, historical figures. Basically, you can name whatever you want it to be. It can also be about anyone living or dead. And it's just a lot of them, not all of them, but some of them have like that real like Let's bring comedy into the death thing. So think like Grim Reaper stories. Think things happening in cemeteries. I like it. This can take on. So I said it can be comedic. It can be serious. It kind of runs the gambit, but it's typically comedic. The whole activity started back in the 18th or 19th century. We're not quite sure. Someone wrote a poem about a dream they had of walking through the cemetery. It starts out with the words, and all of us were dead. <laughs> And then turns into reading tombstones found throughout the place. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I kind of like it, right? And all of us were dead. <laughs> and here we go. Let's see how what happened to all of us. <laughs> and all of us were dead. I like it. One that has been notorious for years and has also become, like, almost become synonymous with Day of the Dead is La Calavera de la Catrina by Jose Guadalupe Posada. She's the fancy tall skeleton wearing a feather hat that most people envision when they think of Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. There's a little Lego brick head of a lady that looks kind of like that, but she has flowers on her hat. Yes. 
I'm going to give you guys one more day of the dead dot holiday quote here because they just, <laughs> they have such a really good succinct, like you can learn about so many different things from them. It's so much fun. I love it. Okay. So about this, it is said that he drew the dandy looking female skeleton with a fancy feathered hat because some Mexicans had aspired to look wealthy and aristocratic like the Europeans at the time. A satirical drawing to remind people to be themselves and to stop trying to be something that they weren't. No matter how rich or poor you were, no matter the color of your skin, and no matter what society you belong to you would all end up skeletons i love this <laughs> isn't that nice i think that's really good and i just i found one it's kind of long and so bear with me here you guys i'm really sorry but i found one that's really really beautiful it's calaveras sobre pan muerto pan de muertos and it's by divina guadalupe ponce martinez and it's just really nicely done and i'm just gonna finish out with this and then We'll be done with Day of the Dead for today. <laughs> okay, so in this special month in which everything is a party and dance, we remember with love, traditions, and praises. It is necessary to remember that even with faith that we will meet again, we remember his adventures. For our loved ones, we build an altar. For their souls and heartbeats, we sense coming back. So we celebrate them with large pieces of bread placed on altars with flowers, candles, mezcal. These exquisite breads that are colorful of horn and bone shapes we will leave for them to make them happy in their fleeting visit in this land of love, the memories that they leave. For me, it is a great gift to be able to find them on such special days and be able to enjoy them. If my dead ones knew how much I miss them, they would come every day and would be very pleasant. <laughs> I wait for them sitting down, for I know we'll converse. These two nights full with atolles and cookies. Dear happy souls, knowing that we love you, we remember your love and await your return. Ooh, I love it. It's really nice. I just, <laughs> I love the joy around these celebrations. Yes. The joy that we have in remembering our family members. I just feel like so much of what we have here in our culture is sad and somber. And that's not, I love this. Mm -hmm. I love this. I, that's really really lovely wow yeah i mean we we all we have funerals and wakes right. and things but we, i don't know that we have a day where we think about the people who have gone before us we have like a memorial day right but i think even my family went, would go to cemeteries but that's really about service people yeah um who are in the armed forces so we don't and it's not a party, you know, right? like it's kind of a sad, yeah, a sad day. So I think that that's really beautiful to to make their favorite things and to sit down and and want to have a chat. Yeah. You know, I love it. That's I think really it's beautiful. Lovely. And I'm just I'm excited now because, of course, around everywhere we go, places do Day of the Dead celebrations. Mm -hmm. And I just I feel better going into it now, knowing a little bit more about what everything means, why it's there, why you do it. So absolutely. This was exciting for me this week. I was really happy to do this one. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It has been a spooky, spooky month. It has month, been you a guys. spooky month. And I'm so excited to not be haunted anymore. Oh, thanks for almost wetting your pants with us. We really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Let's do this again sometime. Say hi to your mom for me.